Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 26 of Sitting Courtside. Like always, Ooh. my name is Dante. It's your boy Jerry D, of course. And at this point, episode 26, we have this thing where we say like, oh, it's it's this NBA player's episode, whatever. We're, we're at like a weird like number, like phase of numbers. So at this yeah. point, we're yeah. leaving it up to you guys. You put in the comments, who is this episode? <laughs> like, who's it remind you of? Who's 26? First 26 come to your mind. This is up to you guys at this point because even if it's a football look, player, shoot your shot. I just Go looked ahead. up number twenty sixes, Jerry, and like I think the best guy we have is Kyle Corver. So you guys can get creative hey, in the comments and tell us, hey, the shout out to Kyle Corver, former All Star, <laughs> right there, former All Star. Yes, um, wow, we're back. Yeah, don't. Hey, that did happen as an Atlanta Hawk. Don't don't forget that team, four All Stars. But we are here going over the trade deadline, recapping all the trades that went on, not all of them, but probably the biggest ones um, have a few other topics about some teams that are hot right now, some players that are just doing things that we haven't seen in 30, 40 years that we will definitely get into later on. But Jerry, I think um, we should start off with the trade deadline recap because we ended last week's episode talking about how this episode is really just going to be, you know, a good chunk of it is going to be about the trades that went down and stuff. So I have a list here of just uh, some players that got moved to the teams and stuff like that. So if you're at home, follow along with me. If you're listening, follow along, Jerry, follow along. Okay. And we'll dive into them after I, after I get uh list, all of them. So the Dallas Mavericks made a trade for PJ Washington and Daniel Gafford, PJ Washington coming from Charlotte, Daniel coming from Washington. <laughs> Grant Williams went from Dallas. Uh, Grant Williams and Seth Curry both go to Charlotte. Um, there's Woo! something that we want to talk about there. I know you're you're a little <laughs> excited there, Jerry. The, the Hornets are two and zero after making after making these deals. So hey, Grant Williams, Seth Curry, those are the missing pieces. But we'll get into that in a minute. Buddy Heald gets sent off to Philly. There was a few moving pieces there. A few guys got released, whatever. But biggest piece buddy healed went to philly marcus morris got bought out they're saying that he's going to go to the timberwolves not confirmed yet but um right now that's what it's looking like he just Royce got a key O'Neal. to the city too yeah he just got a key to the city Ooh. and now he's going to the okay. cold cold weather okay. with carl towns and ant but that we'll, we'll we'll get into that uh so, royce o'neill gets traded to phoenix phoenix gets their um gets their another role player gets another guy um also i believe um they just signed uh, from the buyout market uh, Thaddeus Young as well, so yes. another veteran player. Gordon Hayward gets traded from the Hornets to the OKC Thunder, which I definitely want to talk boy. about a little bit too. Alec Burke, <laughs> a lot of good things happened for you, Jerry, and the Charlotte Hornets in the last week, and I can't wait for you to I can't wait for you to go off on it. Alec Burks and Bohan Bogdanovich get sent to the New York Knicks, and I think that is thank one God. Of I think that's one of the best trades that happened on this day. One of the best moves that any team made. Um, Dennis Schroeder gets traded to the Nets. Pat Bev gets traded to the Milwaukee Bucks. His like thirty-first team out of thirty teams in NBA history. He's, I mean, he's just been everywhere. Jaden Springer and Xavier Tillman both get traded to Boston. Kelly Link uh, gets traded to Toronto. He's back in his home country. Another Canadian, yeah. and then not a trade. But well, he did get traded, but then he got bought out in the Los Angeles Lakers signed Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, yeah. so let's. Let, I, I want to start from not from the top. I want to start from excitement level. So let's break down the Charlotte Hornets trades here, Jerry. So you send off PJ Washington, but you get back Grant Williams and Seth Curry. You also send off Gordon Hayward. You were you were thrilled when I was saying these things. What's going through your mind? How are the Hornets looking? Do you think these trades benefit all teams involved? Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think when I say tears of joy, like when you were going through that list, it's really for for both parties. I think when the Hornets signed P.J. Washington that, to that four-year, $60 million deal over this past offseason, it was really one that, okay, this isn't a crazy contract, especially $60 million. I mean, that's that's It's nothing. a very tradable contract. Exactly. Very like that, mm-hmm. that is an asset that could be easily moved. And that's exactly what yeah. was going through my mind at the time of June, July, whenever he decided to stay. So, I mean, you know, he ends up in a place where that could possibly be a dark horse contender. Like if you guys missed right. episode 25 last week, we talked about Dallas 
and how they look with Luka and Kyrie, Derek Lively, they add Gafford, they add P.J. Washington. That's what's up. As for Gordon Hayward, that wasn't as bad of a contract as Nicholas Batum's in Charlotte history because at least Gordon Hayward, when he played, the Hornets were placed at the four and five seeds respectively before his injuries kind of just blew up the whole situation in Charlotte. So, I mean, it was – it was a solid not deal for time. OKC. Unfortunately, not. It was a solid <laughs> deal for OKC to go get a veteran, especially for such a young team. I think everybody was penciling them into to grab a Laurie Marketing or maybe even an Andre Drummond to kind of bolster their front court a little bit. But hey, right. they got a veteran player that when he plays is very effective. And I'm excited to see what he does in a better situation. As for us, we get beside Mitchich, who is a pretty good veteran point guard who played overseas some. Really like his game after watching the first two games here in Charlotte. He looks really freaking good. And then obviously we get Seth Curry from Dallas. We get Grant Williams from Dallas where both guys are Charlotte natives, which is awesome. Yeah, Grant Seth Williams Curry wearing his, uh, his dad's number 32, which is pretty cool. It's really good feel-good like stories. And obviously yeah. being a fly on the wall, boots on the ground here in Charlotte, Steve Clifford is actually smiling after press conferences. Because even after winning games, he still doesn't look all that happy. But yeah. now it looks you can just clearly tell there's more ball movement going on. Everything everything in terms of like energy on the bench looks better. These guys are just getting everybody else involved and I think it's going to be great. Do I think we're going to make a run? No, not really. But but at least I know there's some type of foundation that's laid down for these guys moving forward. Yep. And obviously it's needed around your franchise guys and Brandon Miller and LaMelo Ball right. to have good veteran pieces. Seth Curry is a free agent at the end of the offseason, but hey, maybe they re-sign him. Grant Williams, it's going to be here a little while. So, cool to see. <laughs> so, after the game uh, last night, Grant Williams had 21 points off the bench. And he says, uh, talking about playing with the Hornets, he goes, it's great to get a win for the city and play for the jersey that's across your chest, not on your back. Everybody touched the ball. We trusted one another. Kind of like how you were saying, more team basketball oriented. And I also want to kind of get into this report that came out um, after Grant Williams got traded, kind of talking about how this was this was a long time coming. They made this decision to deal him months ago because he was rubbing people the wrong way in the locker room to the point where I guess he changed the shoes from Luka to, to Tatum. And I guess that just really uh, pissed some people off. And I would like to get your two cents. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think that's kind of stupid. Like, I mean, I'm not like, I. who gives a fuck what shoes you're wearing? You know what I mean? Like, I, I okay. Like you're going from like one, your teammate to another player. Like maybe like in, in a sense, it could be like, oh, like that's kind of weird, but like not to the point where it's like, oh, we need to get this guy shipped out of here because he's wearing his his best friend's shoes that are kind of fire. I just got myself a pair of Tams. They came in the mail yesterday wore them to basketball <laughs> yesterday, and they were comfortable as fuck. So I get why Grant Williams wears them. All white, too. They're beautiful. I, so, I mean, I don't blame him for fashion sense and comfortability. Um, but, yeah, I don't think wearing a certain pair of shoes should dictate where you play basketball. I don't know if that's just me, but I'd like <laughs> what would you think about that, I, uh, that reason? I'm right, I'm right there with you. I think, I think it's utterly ridiculous to cite that as the main root of the problem. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm sure there definitely so had to funny. be other things. It's like He's me probably annoying as fuck. Uh, Everyone in Boston was like, Grant Williams is annoying and stuff. Like, obviously messing around, but like, he probably yeah. annoyed the shit out of some people. I also think that in this system, compared to leaving Boston – not saying that the it's not like the offense doesn't run to, you know, the Jays and now Porzingis being mm-hmm. included in that. But when Grant Williams is there, the ball definitely did stick to Jason and Jalen. Rightfully so. Sure. That's how it went. But there was a lot more ball movement from those guys in Boston compared to coming to a situation into Dallas where Luca is this quote unquote black hole on offense, obviously. He's gonna have the ball a lot. So maybe yeah. it's more so Grant Williams not feeling the the fact that, oh wow. Luca has to do everything and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? <laughs> He's a superstar. This is yeah. what happens when right. some systems. This is what happens when you guys like Yeah, that. and then and then the other teammate, Kyrie Irving, not as much of a quote unquote black hole as Luca, but needs the ball in his hands a lot to be effective. So tough situation. I mean, tough you, situation. You know, that's still kind of even debatable too. Kyrie could play off the ball, but there's he could. In those much times much where, more than Luca. Much more than Luca. Yeah. Heck yeah. In those times, wherever Luca goes to the bench, obviously Kyrie looks around and looks at the talent pool like, huh, 
like, all right, now it's my time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, Grant Williams, if that is the case, why Dallas did decide to send Grant Williams out of town, I think that is utter BS. Like, no disrespect to P.J. Washington. I watched him play here for years. Like, kind of watched him grow his game out a little bit. But Grant Williams is better than than what P.J. Washington is right now to this I like mean, the top. numbers, since they've both been traded, Grant Williams' numbers have been a lot better. So, small sample size, but still. P.J. Washington averages more points over his career because he played in Charlotte. It's apples and oranges. You can't compare yes. the two. Uh, right. But moving on from the Hornets, like, Hornets are 2-0 since they made these trades. So, hey, oh, oh, whoa, we'll whoa. see. We forgot about Trey Mann. We forgot about Trey Mann as well. Oh, Trey Mann. Okay. Trey Mann as well, he yeah. He Trey had, Mann. Yeah, he had a great first game. He had a really good first game for you guys. He had, like, nine assists off the bench or something like that. Something no, like he actually, he's actually starting. He started his first Oh, is he starting? Or... Oh, hell yeah. I'd love to see it's that. Good for him. Near triple-double hey. last night against the, against the Pacers. Shut down the number one offense in the league. It's not bad. Things not are bad. looking bright in things are looking bright in Charlotte, Jerry. Things are looking bright. I'm here for the um, future, not the present. <laughs> yeah, that's, hey, hey, it t- Rome wasn't built in a day, right? Indeed. You get Grant Williams, now you build off of it. Um, all right, next team, Philadelphia 76ers. Not only did they trade for Buddy Heald, they got rid of um, Marcus Morris and Court uh, Court um, Cormaz is his name. I always mispronounce Corkmaz. Thank you. Yeah, sorry for mispronouncing that one. They get traded them away. Also, they signed Cal Lowry, who was bought out. So they got two new additions. Um, yeah, Charlie's going to miss Another, him. a veteran guard, a veteran guard for, for Maxi to kind of learn from. And then you bring in one, honestly, one of the best shooters in the NBA, one of the best shooters since he's yep. entered the league statistically in Buddy Heald. Buddy Heald has had some pretty fucking incredible games for the Sixers. I'm pretty sure he's had 20 points in each of his uh three games with the Sixers obviously no one beats still so the ball is moved around is moving around a little bit more guys are getting more shots but Sixers bring in two guys that could definitely help them out um not only in the long run in the postseason run but also in the short term with a beat out bringing in more scoring with healed more veteran leadership with Lowry if things kind of go south you kind of have someone that can try to steer the ship and kind of keep everyone's morale high um, do you think this move is going to help the Sixers in the long run? Like Embiid comes back, do you think that this bolsters them up and makes them that much better, or is this just kind of like a, they made a few moves to get better, but it didn't make them that much better? I think yeah, I think it's like slightly. You're going up like slightly, but I don't think it's enough to move the needle for for me to be like, wow. Even when when Joel comes back, they're beating Boston, they're beating Milwaukee, they're doing whatever. Yeah. They're still. Mm-hmm. More so just, you know, in the middle of the pack. And maybe it was a little dick yeah. up. I did not mean to say that. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, <laughs> maybe it was, was a little. Waiting a little you, I was like, waiting for you to finish your point there. I'm like, and? <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was a little a little yeah. ditch up, like, you know, to yeah. mm-hmm. hike up, like, their backcourt. I mean, Kyle Lowry is a veteran guard, and it's a good feel-good story because he went to Villanova, Philadelphia native. Yada, yada, right. yada. But, but what is Kyle Lowry going to give you at, what, 36, 37 years old? And Besides I think that's an earthquake the... whenever he steps on the court, it's not going to be Goodness. much. You know? <laughs> but now, nah, I mean, You're it's... not going to be offering much. Like you said, it's uh, hopefully, you know, Tyrese Maxey doesn't adopt his body, but adopts the lessons that he gives him. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. takes that stuff on and pretty much just, you know, takes it in, like, like just be a sponge around that guy. He's an NBA champion, yeah. arguably the yeah. greatest Raptor ever. Yeah, 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 whatever. But Buddy Heald is the most interesting piece. But again, this is clearly a move for like this year because he's also on an expiring deal. So once Joel yeah. comes back, we'll see what type of spacing he's able hey. to play off of with Joel. So I don't know fun. if you saw this um this image, but it's all the contracts on the Sixers, and the only contract they have on the books for next year is Joel Embiid. Obviously, Max he's going to get an extension. They're oh, going to yeah. bring him back, but. As of right now, the only person they have on the books is Embiid. So they have they have a lot of money to work with this offseason. One of yeah. and a not, I mean, who knows what the free agency class is going to look like, but they're going to have some stuff to work with this offseason. Um, yeah. All right, moving on to another Atlantic Division team who I think, I think probably was the biggest winner of this trade deadline is the New York Knicks. Getting Alec Burks and Bohan Bogdanovich from the Pistons. They get a 20-plus point-per-game score. Two guys that shoot over 40% from three. 
adding to their rotation where they already got OG weeks ago. Jalen Brunson is having, I mean, he's having an MVP like season. He's definitely going to be like, he's definitely top 10 MVP consideration right now. All NBA um, team guy. For sure. All NBA, a hundred percent should have been an all-star starter. Um, I really like what the Knicks are doing, Jerry. I, I think the Knicks have really put together like a just, just a really well balanced like nine ten man deep rotation that guys can shoot, guys can play defense, guys can guys are just gonna work out there. They're gonna give you forty eight minutes of straight hustle. Um, they're gonna be a they're gonna be a team that's gonna give uh, some teams fits in the playoffs for sure. Um, definitely a team that I would love to avoid in the playoffs because they. They're going to be miserable to go up against. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is definitely my team that I think won this deadline. Uh, what do you What are your thoughts on their moves, Jerry? How How much do you think this makes them, you know, go from here to here, or is it just like one of those Sixers things where it's like they're better, but how much better? It's definitely it's definitely like a, a step in the right direction. I mean, just think too, they won the deadline like whenever they traded for OG before the deadline even officially yeah, came. Yeah, they had the best. They I think that was the best trade. Of the yeah. whole trade deadline period. That's right. You remember, we, we talked about it. Once Tom Thibodeau got his Luel Dang, his Jimmy Butler, and <laughs> yeah, OG, he got his everything just kind of, yeah, it took yeah. a step in the right direction. Shout out to Luel, everything, man. But, everything, he was the glue. Everything kind of yeah. formed around that after, yeah. And then you add in two guys that, like you said, shoot over 40%, but also could create their own shot, play well off the ball, where Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson – or guys that could create for Dude, others. Plus, Bogdanovich has, has been one of has been an underrated scorer for the last like five six years. Yeah. Like he's a yeah, guy yeah, that yeah, consistently yeah, yeah, yeah. can give you twenty a night. Stop, stop the presses! I don't know how we didn't start off this segment with just by saying, "Thank God they got out of Detroit." Like, oh, I mean, that's I mean, for, that's the win the right there. Yes. Not only like, did the Knicks win, but those two. I mean, their asses are also Evan Fournier won. I mean, it, it's the other way around, but he's out of New York. He wanted out I of there for years. Him, him so, saying, like, the viral interview that I saw from him, like, you know, I'm just glad I got out of New York. You're saying that in the Pistons <laughs> practice in jersey. So rich, you're in Detroit. But, you're in the you Motor City. You get to play. So, That's true. But good for you. Yeah, it's true. It's a glass half full situation. Yeah. But. There's a lot of winners in this situation. The Knicks, what? <laughs> the, the, the two guys getting their ass out of, uh, out of uh, Detroit and Fournier. I think it's I think it's also like something we need to highlight here that Leon Rose only gave up a bevy of second round picks in every. He game. really he didn't. didn't give up, they didn't give up their stash. Pick. He didn't give up their stash. They still have a lot of Meaning, valuable assets. Mm-hmm. This is a really solid team that could compete for an NBA title this year, which. It gives me, I think the last team to kind of do that with one star in particular was the 2011 Dallas Mavs, right? That won an NBA title. Obviously, Dirk, Hall of Famer, we know what he brought to the table. But that was the only true superstar. Jason Kidd over the hill. Sean Marion, a different player at that point in his career. Karan Butler didn't even play in the finals, but he was valuable during the regular season. They had a nice, well-balanced team. And when you look at the Knicks, you get the same kind of vibes where you go to the store – and you want to buy the best consoles, but guess what? You can't get the PS5. You're going to get a Switch instead, buddy. But that Switch is still fire. It's still fire. You're good. I mean, I mean, this team, man, I mean, I'm just going to list off the depth they have. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle, OG, Dante DiVincenzo, who has been very good as of late. Yeah. Alec Burks, Bohan Bogdanovich, Josh Hart, uh, Mitchell Robinson, Malachi Flint. I mean, they got a solid, solid roster, dude. They have a really good roster. Phillips scores. And then, like we mentioned, they didn't give up their stash of picks. This offseason comes around. That's can, where I want to go. Pick up a handful of guys. I, I mean, if I'm an NBA star that's, you know, considering wanting out of their situation, New York is a good place right now. That is hey, a really monitor, good place to be looking at. Monitor Paul George's situation. He's, he still has Paul a signed an extension. With the Clippers, I'd be looking at Paul George. I'd be looking at Donovan Mitchell. I'd be looking at LeBron James. I'd be looking at Joel Embiid. I mean, there are a handful of guys that could. Carl Anthony Towns might be another guy. I know he's on a one seed right now, but things could happen this offseason. The New York Knicks, if a star becomes available, the Knicks, this could be the offseason where they actually do get a star. Like, 
this could actually happen, Knicks fans. So we'll see. But right now, they are equipped for a deep playoff run. That's for sure. Um, all right, we'll go over a few more. Bing Pat bong. Beverly, <laughs> Bing Bong. Yeah, that I do. I do. I. That is classic. That that's a classic. Uh, <laughs> classic bit right there. Uh, Pat Bev goes to the Bucks again. I mentioned another team for Pat Bev. Just another veteran on that Bucks team, who is you know all over the place with Doc Rivers right now. I don't really want to get into that because that's just like a yeah. Yeah. Um, the Boston Celtics traded for Jaden Springer from the Sixers and then Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies. They only gave up, I think it was, uh, I think they gave up two seconds for Xavier, one for him, and then one for Springer. Only gave up second round picks. Tillman might crack the rotation. Uh, just another backup oh, big cool. for them. Just a gritty guy, though. Uh, someone who I think will fit in well with Boston. Um, and it's also nice having another backup. So Horford, you know, you can give him some more nights of rest. Chris Stapps, you can sit him some nights and you have another backup. Springer, don't really know much about him from what I've learned is that he's a great athlete. young guy, good defender, athlete. Um, a lot of Sixers fans were actually pissed that they traded him. Um, Daryl Murray came out and was like, he is like, yeah, we think a second round pick is more valuable at this moment in time. He's not close enough to being on a playoff team. I mean, He's a cheap contract, young kid. You can control, uh, you know, team-friendly deal. It's $1 million. So, I, 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 whatever. I don't really have an opinion on it yet. Kelly Linick goes to Toronto, back in his home country. And I'll add another Canadian to that team. So, we're getting an all-Canadian <laughs> team in Toronto. RJ Barrett, Kelly. <laughs> Wiggins <laughs> so, is next, baby. Next year, two hey, years, whatever. I'm shocked. I'm shocked he didn't get sent there, too. Um, and then last one we have here, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. Got bought out and went to the Lakers. So, what do you what do you think, Jerry? Is he uh is he going to be the one? Is he the one that will steer the ship back in the right direction? I don't even really <laughs> like. Hey, Darren uh, Ham said that he could be in closing lineups. I don't care next about to, three guard lineups. and Austin Reeves. You have three guys that are not known for playing defense in a lineup, <laughs> and he wants no. all three in. No. No! Stop! Dilo, Dinwiddie, no. Reeves, LeBron, no. and AD. That's a death no. lineup. That's no. a death lineup. <laughs> We're talking about a guy that wants to lose his job if that's going to be the closing lineup. Do you know he gets a $1 bonus if they win the finals this year? Yeah. He's probably getting the rest of crypto. <laughs> it's all, it's all crypto, too. It's $1 crypto. It's not even a real do- He's not even getting a George Washington. He's getting uh, He's getting a coin. It's ridiculous, man. It's fucking I, I think Darvin Ham, if that's really going to be your closing lineups, test it out one game, see how that works out. When it utterly fails, you have to change it. If not, you'll be gone by the offseason. You know, LeBron, LeBron does not want you there at this point if that's the type of lineup you're putting out. He'll get Ham fired and then be like, you don't actually, I'm going to also leave. So he'll he'll kick him out of the door and then also leave as a as, as spite right there. If, if LeBron walks out the door, I won't even blame him. Blame him. I can't. At this point, we're at this point the the odds of something happening this offseason are increasing more and more. I am prepared for mediocrity again if it has to. If it's, I don't think it would get to that point, but I definitely think that things will be different if if LeBron leaves this offseason. But hey, we don't have to. We don't. There's nothing. We don't have to talk about that now. There's there's no no steam there. No nothing. Don't worry. Don't worry. Let's move on. Let's move on. Do you have it? All right. Before we actually move on, who do you think won and lost trade deadline? So the biggest winner, biggest loser of the trade deadline. What what do you have here? I said it already. I think the I think that the Knicks won the trade deadline. Personally, I just think they got the best the like just for your not buck. the best guys, obviously, but best bang for your buck. Exactly. Um and losing the deadline, um, I'm gonna say probably the yeah. What did you think right. I was going to say? Well, I just feel like you know the Lakers is coming because they didn't do anything. Well, I, mean, it's I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, I was gonna say like a team like the Lakers, even like the Suns. I know they did get Royce O'Neal, Thaddeus Young, but they really didn't get any like anything impactful. I think the losers are the teams like the Lakers, like uh, the Suns, that probably needed that next that extra piece to do to you know convince people that hey like oh they're gonna be legit but i don't think neither team did it um obviously the suns it's different than the lakers and whatnot but i do think if the suns did add like 
a Miles Bridges. I know there was like he didn't want to go, whatever. But if they added someone like him, that would have been like okay. Now they just oh, got like a fourth legit guy. But yeah, so that's who I would say were the losers. Though those teams, uh, for sake of being different, I mean I agree with you. I think the Knicks definitely did win it. Like you know, like I said a few weeks a month ago, whenever they traded for OG, but. For the sake of being different, I'm going to go with Gordon with OKC and the Gordon Hayward deal. Yeah, I really think one. playing in a younger situation where, like, obviously Charlotte's situation was young, but very, very injury-prone out here in Charlotte compared to playing in OKC with a guy like Shea and Chet who are already pretty much bound to be bona fide stars. Shea already is. And then you got the Jalen the Jalen Williamses. Uh, yep. I'm missing names. Kaysen, Kaysen Wallace. Like, the whole team looks yep. really good. And you just mm-hmm. add a veteran in the locker room, a guy that's been an all-star, you know, made it to the playoffs one year. So, and then that's you really know, like the one thing that they really like don't have is veterans at all. Yep. Like it's just a young, average, it's just an AAU team. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the average age of the roster before the Hayward move, before they made any moves, it was like 24. So, I mean, adding in, adding in Hayward automatically makes him the old head in the room, which he yeah, was here 100%. in Charlotte. Now you're just switching gears and you're going from, you know, a losing situation to number one in the West, damn near. So two very different young teams. Two very different young teams. In terms of the biggest loser, I might instead of going with with my Lakers, I think I might go to the Warriors. I know that we're about to get on oh, them that, and we're about to. There you go. Soon, yeah, another team that didn't do anything. Yeah, I that's think a good I'm one. deciding to stay pat will end up biting them in the ass later. I don't even really care if they make it to the postseason this year. Hey, they're, Hell, confident that the they, thing. they're confident that they have everything that they need. <laughs> and, and I'm not. You know, I'm like, not. hey, <laughs> they, not, they, not proved, they proved us wrong before, you know? So, like, we'll have That's to true. just see it to believe it. But after them not making any moves, and I'm not fully confident that they can nah, beat not confident. The, the Sacramento nah. Kings – or the the OKC Thunder, the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Nuggets, even hell, no, even in the Lakers, not. if they play in a playing no. game, they're you not know, so than any of those. No, I'm concerned no. about them. I, yeah, I definitely do think the Warriors were definitely near the top of the list of teams that should have or needed to make a deadline move. And like I said, they're confident with what they have. Um, but we'll see. Hey, good luck to them. Hey, they have four cool. rings for a reason, right? They know how to win, so. But yeah, Clay reminds on. us every chance he gets. Clay reminds us every single time he hits one out of 10 threes that they got four of them. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A close relationship that I am proudest of is the ones that I have with some of my best friends. With all the ups and downs that me and my friends have been through, we have always stayed close and loyal to each other. And with all the bad times, I feel like that's what makes our relationship stronger and makes us the best friends that we are today. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But that's not true at all. The best relationships are the ones where both parties put in the work to make it great. Oftentimes we have a hard time navigating tough moments, but that's perfectly fine. Good news is we have access to therapy as a safe space to work through the challenges we face in all our relationships. On and off the court, you might face pressures and challenges in your relationships with your teammates, coaches, and friends. You will likely be dealing with conflicts, expectations, and emotions that can affect your performance and well-being. Therapy can help you cope with these issues and improve your relationships. Trying out therapy can provide you with a safe space to express your feelings, thoughts, and concerns. Therapy can also help you develop skills and strategies to communicate effectively, resolve conflicts, and manage stress. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, convenient, and very accessible. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com courtside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com courtside. Now back to the episode. Um, but moving on to the Warriors, uh, segueing into the Warriors, they have won five straight games, seven of their last eight uh, moving them up to 10th in the Western Conference. So they are making movement here. Hey, it's 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 a tight little race here. They're half a game behind the Lakers for nine, four games behind the Suns for the sixth seed. So they're not too, too far out. But they are getting closer. Um, Steph in the last eight games has averaged 31.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Um, 
it's just kind of been a Kuminga has been the clear number two option. He has accepted that role ever since he called out Steve Kerr. He's been, you know, getting consistent 30 plus minutes a game in the starting rotation, um, getting the second most shots behind Steph. And he is the second best offensive option on that team at this point. It's not Clay. It's not Wiggins. It's definitely not Draymond. So it's got to be Kuminga. Um, he's been playing very well. And also Clay Thompson I don't know if you saw this uh, this quote from him. It came out yesterday, I believe, just talking about his situation and you know him being open to accepting a reduced role. So this is what he said. He goes, there's nothing wrong with that. I'll be 35 next year at 35, coming off the ACL and an Achilles tear and still have the ability to be a really good player. Maybe not the guy who scored 60 and three quarters and scored an NBA record 37 points in a quarter, but still a great threat out there. I've modeled my game after Reggie and Ray, and those guys were incredibly effective until their late 30s. So I plan on kind of following that mold. Yeah, he ain't a, he, he definitely ain't what he used to be. Um, and I think that's kind of like what we've all come to terms with. And Two years he's ago. just, yeah, you know, dude, it's like, you're right. When you tear both your ACLs and you're, at, you know, you're at this point in your career, like, yeah, you, you, it's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to come back from that. So I'm happy that it's nice to hear him uh, say that he's would be accepting a reduced role because, like, I, I know you know I'm not speaking. I know that I'm speaking for other people too. But like, it would have sucked to see Clay Thompson leave Golden State and you know maybe retire somewhere else yeah. or something like that. Because like it would have been it would be cool seeing the big three kind of starting in Golden State and finishing Golden State. So it would have been tough kind of seeing like one of the guys that was a you know the one of the biggest parts of the dynasty you know leaving because of this or that reason so it, it would be nice to see him stay and golden state finish his career there um but if that were to happen things have to change roles have to change and stuff like he can't be that starting you know that starter that he once was where he can give you 30 40 minutes whatever um so hopefully this means that you know he'll he'll you know, they'll work out money this off season. So he'll stick around reduced role. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, that pl- also plays a part into, you know, why they've been playing well uh, as well. Roles have been kind of mixing around on that team. They're kind of figuring it out right now. So do you think, I mean, I, I know we kind of said it in the last segment, but do you think the Warriors have a shot here or, or is this uh, just kind of like, they're good right now, but at the end of the day, this is just – they're on a little run. That's nothing more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's the regular season. Things happen where the Charlotte Hornets won two games for the first time hey, since November. Hey, that's – the Pistons you know? won two right. straight games last month too, so. Things – I'm not hey, trying man. to compare – obviously, we're not comparing <laughs> both teams to the Warriors. Yeah, they're not that right, bad. Right. But, but in the NBA, of, things happen. Streaks happen. Yeah. 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 You catch lightning in a bottle. You win a five out of your last seven games. You know, congrats. The Warriors still have a chance to actually make the postseason. I do think that could be in the cards. But it's really on the fence because there's a lot of really good teams out West. And I'll yeah. never doubt the greatness of Steph Curry or the greatness of Draymond Green or or Klay Thompson. Like, I'm glad Klay Thompson is great enough to realize that he's not the same player, that he can't really move and guard these, like, quick point guards anymore. And he has to transition right. to guard threes and fours. That's I'm, I'm glad he was able to come to that realization. Every great Hall of Famer does, especially if you're not a freak athlete or a bona fide number one option on your team, like a LeBron or a Kobe or hell, look, look at Steph. I'm glad that these guys like a guy like Klay Thompson was able to finally come to realization of that. But I still don't think the Warriors are going to be good enough, like I said in the last segment, to contend with a lot of these better teams out West, a lot of these younger teams out West. Look at the top. There's just, We're talking, there's just too much talent in the West. Yeah. Like, even if they do make it, let's say they get to the AFC, they beat the Lakers in the plane and whoever else is towards the bottom, they make it. Hey, great. You're playing the Clippers in the first round. Or you're playing the Thunder <laughs> or the, in the Nuggets. First. Or the Thunder. Yeah. Or the Wolves. Yeah. And it's, it's like, yeah. that's awesome. Like, you know, I, I won't bet against Steph Curry having a big series, but – I can see Steph dropping it's everyone 40 else. a night. Yeah. It's everyone and else then, that you have to worry about. It's – I'm just – I can't – it's hard for me to, yeah. like, find that much optimism. In 2022, when they were going on a run, I didn't count them out. I was still kind of high on them at that time when they won their last title. But this year, or even last year, 
things don't they're not flowing the same way yeah like you said it's like you can count on Steph you know what he's going to give you but what's Wiggins going to give you what's Clay going to give you what's Kaminga going to give you you have no clue I don't know yeah you have no clue so yeah it's no guarantee I mean again can't count the Warriors I mean they've won it four times they know what it takes um but on paper not great not great also Chris Paul is still hurt what's he going to give us when he comes back it's a it's a magical franchise you know they won they won four rings in eight years or whatever it was Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the guy to say hey the cliff is here but this isn't football where I feel like 11 exactly right there isn't (laughs) there isn't 11 guys on the field that really contribute as much to winning or blah 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 it's more of a system of parts on a basketball court there's five guys you know and I need to see what each guy brings to the table and what one guy you're taking out the guy that you're putting in how effective could he be in this new lineup in this new rotation I'm I'm -hmm. not confident it's done this dynasty was great best of our generation it was a good one I'm done I'm cool might be uh the door may be closed, but we'll see. We'll see. Plenty of, plenty of time left this season. Things can turn around Absolutely. or get worse. We'll see. Um, all right. So last topic we have here, and this is the, the most recent thing that has happened in the NBA world. Victor Wembanyama records a triple-double with blocks. So last night against, um, I believe it was the Toronto Raptors, I believe they played. Yep. 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 So he against the Raptors, he put up 27 points, 14 boards, 10 blocks, 5 assists, 2 steals on 71% shooting. And they just they destroyed the Raptors. Um, man, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit before. Um it's unbelievable what you can do when you're seven foot, whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, he just is so fucking talented in the fact that he can do what he does in such a big frame. And I, I, I hate to be that guy. Cause I know like there's so many, like even casuals that are saying this, like, Oh, he can go down as the best. He's going to be the best, whatever. And I, I don't want to like fall into that narrative and it's more 50 games into his first like season, but like, man, like genuinely, if he doesn't get hurt, like in his career, like doesn't suffer any severe injuries, is able to have a clean bill of health from the start of his career to the end of it. It's hard for me to imagine that he doesn't go down as like one of the greatest to like step on that floor because like he's doing things that we haven't seen in 30, 40 years. He's going to break so many rookie records he's gonna break so many records in general i mean just a few i mean we have a few like interesting stats pulled up but like one of the craziest things i saw weeks ago is that like 30 games 40 games into the season he has better defensive numbers than what rudy gobert had when he won defensive player of the year like that's absurd like that's absurd and it's like it's incredible because you can't you can't teach height you can't teach shit that he does and it's like incredible how he's able to put it all together how he's able to be so dominant. And it's like, we see performances like this. It's like, this is incredible. We're this, we're going to see this many more times from him. Like this is going to be the first of many times we see him doing something like this. So it's, it's incredible to be able to watch this, to be able to, you know, just follow this guy's career um, and, you know, to continue following his career. But man, he is, he's special. He is incredible, bro. I, I, I really don't have any like, better things to say about him yeah I mean this this is exactly you know what was advertised to us two years ago before mm-hmm. he was even on the draft radar before he was even throwing his hat into the draft yep this you know like I say this all the time like there's two things I know about basketball one it's very situational where you end up kind of dictates yep. how your career goes 100%. most of the time secondly this is definitely a tall man's game if you're not six eight and up the way you impact winning has to be very different from a guy like, and well, let me say six six because MJ is six six and Kobe was six six, whatever. But a guy like how they could dominate a game compared to a six foot two guy is, is right. way different. And then when it's a seven foot five or seven foot four, whatever he is, and he also can dribble like a guard and he can alien. move like like a like Giannis up and down the floor. There's nothing that he won't be able to do in his NBA career. Step back threes, you got it. Posterizing dunks, easy. Like, 
This yeah. guy is is literally the phenom where I understand why not just casuals, but even pro analysts, pro journalists, guys has been doing this this job for 40 plus years, like Mark J. Spears or or Zach Lowe or whoever. They believe that Victor Wambinyama has the potential to be the greatest of all time because he can do yeah. things like this on any given night. I mean, it's it's just what it is. Being seven four. Yeah, dude. I mean, I was just looking at his stats right here and stuff. And I didn't mention like he had that triple double in less than 30 minutes. He's playing 28 minutes a game this season. And he's averaging over 20 points, over 10 rebounds, over three steal, uh, three assists, excuse me, over 1.1 steals and 3.2 blocks a game. He leads the, the Spurs yeah. in every major stat except for assists. Like, just think about it. This this he's 19 can, right now and putting up these numbers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, no, for real. Like, we can He's see not going to hit his like, prime for another t- eight years, you know? <laughs> and he can win multiple DPOYs before then. Like, this, yeah. this is the kind yeah. of specimen. He might break the record for most defensive player of the year awards. Like, the record's four. Absolutely. <laughs> like he might be defensive player of the year this year. <laughs> Once we actually see his team. Like perform better in yes. the defense. Uh, that's the team. that's the biggest thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's what's going to help. That's when we're going to see. He won't actually. get like those like yeah, considerate yeah. like obviously rookie of the year. I think I love Chet a lot. at this point. It's a, a lot, lot for him, right? He could get he could he could have just played his last game and he he's winning the award. Um, it no, really no, comes no, down. No, to, game rule. That's where you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> if this was last year, he would have had it locked up. He still has to play some more games, but. At this point, if it goes the way it's going, he has it locked up. Um, yeah, it comes down to like how the Spurs kind of build now because he'll get the rookie of the year, but he won't get that defensive player of the year consideration, or at least that like like number one guy until the Spurs record kind of backs him up a little bit. You know, you know, the stat nerds need to see, oh, your team's dif- defensive efficiency rating is only blah, 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 or it's 28th <laughs> in the league. Like, you know how the stat nerds are. Yeah. So, like, we need to see defensive win shares go up, defensive efficiency rating as a team go up. Right. Anything statistical that actually improves this case is what happens. Because he has the raw numbers with the blocks and steals. Now yeah. we just need mm-hmm. to do whole teams to under a certain amount of points. You know, all that good stuff. Defensive rebounds, how, like, time of possession for the opposing team. All the those things why Gobert got the reasons Gobert got defensive player of the year. Yeah, really. That was like Quinn yeah. Snyder had a good, well-oiled defensive machine with Royce, Royce O'Neal. Michael Conley was were the head of the snakes. They funneled everybody into the big guy. Like it, yeah. it made sense. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So going into, I mean, I guess the next question is like we're talking about the Spurs need to make that next step, improving themselves. What do you think we do now? I mean, so obviously deadline is gone. They weren't really going to do anything at the deadline anyways. Um, yeah. They obviously know what they have in Victor Wembanyama. They have, you know, a good batch of guys. Devin Vassell, Kelton Johnson, Zach Collins, Jeremy. Uh, uh, I always mispronounce Sohan. his name too. Sohan. Sohan. I always pronounce it wrong. Trey Jones. I mean, they have like, you know, solid young pieces and stuff. Yeah. Is this a team that goes out and makes a trade? Is this a team that saves up their money and hopes to attract a free agent? Um, I know kind of the rumor. There's some rumors that have been going around about Trey Young and how he might be available this offseason now. They didn't trade DeJounte Murray at the deadline. There's a rumor that they might be more willing to give up Trey Young this offseason. The Spurs might be at the near top of his list. I've said before, Trey Young and Victor would be a dangerous combination together. Um but what do you think the Spurs need to do next? Do they need to go after a star player, an all-star level player, or do they just need to kind of keep building what they have, like their culture, these young guys, and kind of you know go like a Thunder route or or a Warriors route or something like that? I mean, culture is fun and all, but I I kind of think they need to start winning games. When now. you have a player with Wembenyama, he is the culture. As long as you have him, you're gonna you can be work. okay. Yeah, hundred mm-hmm. percent. Like, look at look at what what happened with. Uh, let's compare it to the guy he's being compared to in terms of generational impact, right? Look at LeBron's situation when he came into the league in 0304, There was no help. Like yeah. LeBron instantly became Larry Hughes, Larry Hughes Ricky Davis, and those guys. No, I, I, no. I renewable. Like, yeah, this yeah. is a guy. As soon as LeBron came in, wow, I'm the best player on the team, and I realized that probably by November. Yeah. Wimby, 
we knew coming in. Realized he's probably on draft night. Good. Yeah, on draft night. I got Keldon Johnson. <laughs> I got Jeremy Sohan. I got Trey Jones. I not. I don't. I don't mean any disrespect when I say this. Yeah, no disrespect They're whatsoever. Kind of like the like you know a ragtag group of young guys that are still trying to f- also find their way in the league. They're good players, but they're not quite molded into what they probably should be at this point in time. So, in order to avoid a LeBron situation where you give seven years of everything, make it to the finals one year like how he did, lost to the Spurs obviously in a sweeping fashion, which he had no chance to win no that shot. series at all. No, but, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see Wimby in a situation where he gets upset, where like, wow, I put in seven, eight years of time, and what, what do I have to show for? Who does you bring in? Like, right. that's, that was the crossroads that LeBron was at. Why he went to Miami? Because no star player or no type of, like, actually elite talent was brought into play with him. So, you know, I know R.C. Buford and those guys in San Antonio should know by now, like, how to put together and contend I mean, hell, they, have, they got yeah. five chips to their name. So. Go out and go get a yeah. Trey Young. And Trey Young I will probably bring in even more guys with him as it come as the 100%. years progress. I think it's kind of it's a little different too, because like you look at a place like Cleveland, it's like you had LeBron there and stuff, but it's like it's not an attractive market, right? And San Antonio isn't the most attractive market either, but at least they have the history there. Like Cleveland didn't have didn't have shit before LeBron. You know what I mean? You, so you got pop. It, you, got, you have you, you got have some. You have some leverage. Yeah, I think the Spurs have some leverage. I think they're going to be in a good situation where not only will stars want to sign with them maybe in free agency, but you'll have stars that are willing to want to get traded there as well. And I think that they have the pieces, they have the tools, they have the right coach. Like they have everything they need to turn this team into another dynasty. But we just have to kind of see how the the pieces, the pieces of the puzzle uh, form as time goes on. Um, you know, it- Especially with just, uh, you mentioned, like, obviously the markets are pretty similar in terms of size, what they brought. But I am super concerned about what Star actually does. I I get the cultures there. I get Pop, Wimby. Those are generational guys in their own right. But Mm -hmm. if I am a superstar talent player, if I am Donovan Mitchell or Paul George, like we mentioned already, why am I going to want to go play over there? Especially if the rest of the roster might not be built out. And, you know, it's it's not one of those sexier names on the market. It's not a New York. It's not a Miami. It's not a LA. Like it really has to be strictly a basketball decision. And nowadays, right, players have right. business ventures that they care about. What can I do out in San Antonio right. to grow my San money? T- San, San Antonio isn't isn't the worst spot. It's not terrible. Hey, it ain't Charlotte. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, hey, hey. We're we're not a bad market. Okay, we're, oh, you're we're not, not a bad yeah. market. You're but not, you're that's not. like the desert. Out in San Antonio. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're going to San Antonio, you're going there because of Victor Wembanyama, and you can probably win some Back. rings. Not because you're going there Straight for the nightlife or, or investments. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fair. That's more than fair. Yeah, I mean, again, when you have someone like Victor Wembanyama, you have someone like Greg Popovich, it helps out a little bit. So I'm curious to see yeah. how they kind of figure out construct their roster as as time goes on, but. That's all we have for topics. Jerry, do you have anything else you want to add in before we before we sign off here and start playing some some games? Uh all I could really say, man, is I told y'all so. I hope y'all listened to me last week about them Chiefs. But outside <laughs> yes. of that, shout- you know, yeah, shout out to Pat Mahomes for show. But shout uh out. shout out, shout out to them. They won me some money, so I can't. Absolutely. Same. But you know, basketball season is like in full effect in my mind now. Now I can finally mm-hmm get rid of all this football stuff in my head and like, you know, I'll see the combine soon and some of these other off season moves like cool, but that's not the priority anymore. Now that like we're fully on basketball, we're fully engaged. That means college March madness is coming up. Like, you know, hell the, the women are in, in a FIBA basketball tournament now. So like, there's a lot. March madness is coming up next month too. Coming up very quick. I can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, man. Uh, Shout out to the Chiefs for winning me money. I've come. I'm, I'm at a point in my life. I'm at a point in my life where I'm not comparing, but it's kind of similar to like I would never bet against Brady when he was playing. I'm never betting against Mahomes. I've just learned my lesson. But man, oh man, does it make me sick to my stomach seeing this disgusting narrative going on Twitter and all this stuff about Mahomes being the goat. Listen, I'm yet, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you this as a New England Patriots fan of my my whole life. 
when it comes to stuff like this, I'm able to detach myself as a fan and not being biased. Brady beat Mahomes twice in the AFC Championship and in the Super Bowl. Brady has seven championships. Mahomes has three. Mahomes is on pace. He is on track to match Brady and to even break some of these records. But until he does that, he is not better than Tom Brady. Tom Brady has been out of the league for one year, and now all these former player analysts are like, this is the best guy I've ever seen. I've never seen anyone step on a field and do the things that Mahomes does. Two years ago, he was losing to Brady. So what the fuck are you talking about? And it's, and it's all it's all these guys I've lost to Brady in the past. Ryan Clark hates Brady. He was the first guy to come out and say, this is the best play I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Ryan Clark, fucking get a grip, dude. Like, literally, like, get a grip. Like, you are you are lying through your teeth. You're, you're petty. Like, that's okay. the stuff I hate. That's the okay, stuff wait. I hate. Okay. Just time out. Time out. Because okay. I could say that I do agree with the take that he is more talented than anybody we've ever seen at the position. But just because you're more talented doesn't mean that you're more that, accomplished. It's the whole better, and it's the it's the better part. The talent thing, listen, I we can get into a bait about Aaron Rodgers being more talented than Brady, and I could entertain that for sure. But I'm just talking about just field presence on the field, best ever, hands Not down yet. Brady. Not, Not yet. yet. Yeah. Mah- Mahomes yeah. can get there. And I do believe that now that they've won a third one, there's a discussion for like the whole dynasty thing, it being at, up to par with the Patriots. That's fair. That's fair. But this whole GOAT conversation, he's not it's there. gonna keep happening. No. It's not there, not. but this is LeBron and Jordan. This is gonna be this is the new this is LeBron and Jordan of football. And this is gonna happen forever. It's not gonna end. So And you know what? They, you me- know, I get it. I, I get you. I hear you. I agree with you. <laughs> he is not better than Brady. At this particular point in time. But if he continues to win, if he wins four more Super Bowls, and you know what happened to right. Brady? There was a there was a large gap of like ten years there where was. they weren't winning anything. There was. And it's like they had out of nowhere. Di- it's like two different dynasties, really, within yes. twenty years, really, is what it was. Exactly. Um so like we'll when see they get to that point, and when they get to that point, I would love to sit down at that table. Tuck, tuck the napkin in my shirt, get my food right. I'd love to sit down, have a hot plate, and talk about that. But for right now, we're not yeah. there, so we're not going to. Oh, yeah. He's okay. up on the wall for, for a reason, you know? Like, that's that's the guy right there. Yeah. That's the guy. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's back there. I mean, he, that's the GOAT. Brady's the GOAT, the man. Goat. It, there's, he's the GOAT. He's not, that's, Patrick Mahomes doesn't No he, disrespect doesn't to Mahomes. No, no. He's amazing. Mahomes is amazing. Like, there, there's no discrediting him. I think he's already a top-tier quarterback of all time. Like, for sure. He's, but just... He's top He's top five, top ten already. He's honestly. top... I think he's top five at, at the yeah. minimum. He's top five. But anyway, okay. Setting courtside basketball. We'll be back next week. Thank Ooh. you guys so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment below. Just whatever. What Name, name a player that wore 26... If you disagree, agree with us, put, put in who you think won and lost the trade deadline. If you're listening on tell audio us you platforms. Yeah, tell us you love us or tell us you hate <laughs> us. Don't do that. But tell us you love us. If you're on audio, give us a review. All that good stuff helps us out a ton. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Check out our shorts on YouTube as well for the gamified content and all that good stuff. We'll be back next week for episode 27, the big 2-7. And... Uh, Where's 27? Yeah, I can't. Chris Move. Shout out Chris Move. Who? You know who Chris Move is. I do? You don't know who no, Chris Move is? Oh, my God. I was going to say, like, what did you not, like, watch? Like, do you not have a childhood growing up? Did you not watch NBA YouTube growing up? That's, he's, that's yet, the yeah. man. That's the GOAT. But, yeah, yeah that is shout out to Chris Move. We'll be back here next week. Take it easy. Have a good week, guys. Peace.